Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Hell on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hallman, and I want to thank everybody for sticking around this long. This is our 10th um, our tenth episode, and we're going to be talking with uh, Darren Williams from Liquid Illusions. He's got a website. Uh, he's launching a company called Paint Skins where he has you uh, set up with the correct um, uh, decals and, and stencils and what, and he's going to go into detail about that and talk about uh, – what uh, what that's all about, so you can paint your own bike. And he's got a new website called www.paintyourowndamnbike.com. Uh, Darren Williams from Liquid Illusions Art in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Great painter, painted a lot of bikes in the last 10 years, um, a lot of cover bikes for Easy Rider, a lot of cover bikes for the horse. He's done a ton of work for me, a ton of work for uh, a lot of my friends, and he's going to talk a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> those of you that stuck around uh, or just finding out about us now, uh, really appreciate all the support, all the kind words on Twitter, all the kind words on Facebook. And uh, it's time to get this thing started. So episode 10 of the Hell on Wheels Garage Bill podcast. And uh, thanks for sticking around. What's up, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> good. How you doing? I'm doing real good. Uh, that was weird. Um, uh, I could like it sounded like uh, I I was calling you and you were in a boat at sea and there was pir- Somali pirates on there and they were they were taking you over. <laughs> it totally sounded like that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's gonna sound really crappy. <laughs> cool. How's the audio on your end? Good. Good. I can hear you fine now. There's no stack or anything. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, um, I don't know. You probably didn't. I'm, I'm just assuming most of the people that I talk to anymore, they're just like, ah, you know, I, no, I haven't had a chance to check it out, whatever. But basically all it is, man, is just you and I talking like old friends and, um, our, our, um, our audience really digs it, man. We're getting, um, we're, we're bouncing between every once in a while we're number one in our category, but we bounce. Usually we sit either number two or number three and I keep getting my ass kicked by the, uh, the Bigfoot podcast. This guy that talks about Sasquatch, he, he whoops my ass, but, um, they don't have a, they don't have a category for motorcycles. So I, I didn't want to be an automotive cause this really doesn't fit. So it's outdoors where all the other motorcycle podcasts are. Oh, okay. Right on. So we oh, get cool. we get listened to um, in Finland, in Africa, in Australia. I got tons of listeners all over the world. It's really kind of fucking cool. So um, <clears throat> there, there's no censoring or anything. So if you say fuck or shit or piss or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, and then uh, I just edit this thing down to where it's – we try to keep it right around an hour. But uh, it goes really, really fast. So um, if you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's totally cool, man. Cool, cool, so man. People will sit and and like and listen for an hour. We're gonna talk for an hour. It, it goes really fast. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to talk that long, but it, it, it's just like a you know, it's just bullshitting on the phone is all it is, and it lasts for an hour, dude. People people eat them up. <clears throat> so. Oh wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. What's uh, I'm uh, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, it, it, it's informal. So um, I the first thing I want to start with is I want to find out about um, – I went to um, www.paintyourowndambike.com. I want to talk about your paint skins because um, given a little backstory here, <clears throat> you and I met in Daytona Bike Week, I want to say in um, 06. And, uh, yeah, I think that's right. 06, yeah. You were down there with uh, – with at the time you had someone working with you named uh, Radical Randy, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was a. Uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say you had your crazy. Um, you had the the crazy, crazy white, uh, the liquid bike, and then you had the blue, like I want to say Budweiser bike. I don't know why that sticks in my head. Yeah, it was just because it it had. A, I put a Budweiser glass on the top of the air cleaner, just like made it custom. So I guess that's why I made the association. But it oh. was a blue bike with a. A crazy paint job on it, some fabrication that, that we did, and um, just to kind of showcase some different skills. So, but yeah, that was the year I, I met you down there in Daytona. I remember um, we got caught in there was a rain. It was raining one night or one day, and I think we got stuck in the hotel lobby. And I think several um, several beers of mine later or something. We we were. I remember walking down uh, walking down Main Street with you and and, and Randy. So it's been a long time and uh, and since that time you've painted uh you've painted at least I would say at least a half a dozen bikes for for one of my shops and um you've you've done tons and tons of of um of uh, catalog bikes and and you know front covers of Easy Rider and the horse and all that stuff um why would you I mean just out of curiosity because it's interesting <clears throat> what makes a guy like you that's like such a top-notch painter decide that you want to teach other people how to paint? I mean, doesn't that, don't you fear like, you know, the not getting the work kind of thing? Well, no. Well, thank you for your kind words. Uh, consider me one of the top-notch uh, painters. I'm just a hard-working stiff and, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. And over the years, um, paint skins was just something that I had developed myself uh, using, a, you know, designing graphics on a computer and then having a, a my plotter cut them and you know so it was just a system i used to keep my artwork a, a really i have like a, a modern graphic approach to my work anyways you know with fades and everything and i try to make my some of my work you know the stuff i do on real crazy cool custom bikes is to to make it look almost like a a computer made it, or computer graphics program or something, you know, instead of just doing frames of this. So it was something I just developed over the last, you know, 10, 11 years. And I guess about three years ago, um, you know, I, I, I never really, and to answer your other question, I never really tripped on like, oh, I'm going to give up my secrets and I'll never paint anything again. Right. It's more of like, um, you know, I, I just looked around and I get a lot of questions when I go out on the road to different shows like, oh, you know, how do you come up with this or how do you do that? And, and you know, so I, I just uh, out of means, I figured, hey, let me package some of these up. Let me cut like, you know, 12 of them and just hand them out to some painter friends of mine and see what's up. Well, the feedback was really cool. And they're like, where'd you get these? I'm like, it's just something that I had, you know, that I used over the years and I've got three hard drives full of this stuff. So it was like, well, why don't I try to, you know, get it out there, uh, you know, to the guys that are building the bikes. You know, now we're, I feel like where we are right now, uh, you know, post the recession or whatever, it's kind of a, D, uh, a DYI, you know, um, where guys are really trying to keep everything in their shops, you know. 
And uh, I think this is a way, an element to, to help those guys with, you know, with the rattle cans. Because um, I get them, you know, I'll go to the smoke out and set up, and they're like, man, blah, blah, blah. All they can do is rattle can. All they can do is single color. So, again, that spurred the kind of creative juice to go, hey, give these guys, you know, some stuff. You know, sell it, of course, but put something out there, a product that guys in the garage, if you can tape a panel, you can mix and match any of these designs using different colors and, and you know, um, basically I show you the basic technique on how to do it. And it just lifts the garage painter's uh, skills up a little bit, you know, a little push up that creative hill, you know what I mean? So yeah, how, that's kind of the premise behind it. How is your um, industry – I mean, you're in the – you know, you're not uh, – for anybody that doesn't know, um, doesn't know you already, you're not just a – you're. I mean, you're a true artist. You're a sculptor. You're, you're a fabricator. You're a painter. Um, you're creative uh, visually. I mean, you like to do video stuff and that. And um, you're just one of these guys that's very, very out there as far as um, you're willing to put yourself out there for public consumption. And you really, you know, I mean, people dig it. Cool. If they don't dig it, you dig it and you, and you did it. Um, yeah, yeah, man. It's just how, art. It's different formats. Yeah. How has your industry, I mean, are you guys, you guys are in like this swing right now where um, all the EPA compliant stuff and waterborne paint and and how are you adapting and overcoming? And, I mean, what kind of expenditures, and without going into dollars, but, I mean, like, what kind of things change in your business? Well, I don't know. I think that with the, the water stuff is more kind of like big dealerships and big body shops and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I just got a, a small shop. It's just me. And I, I like the urethanes myself. I think they, they lay a lot better. The colors have more depth. Um you know, you can just build the product, the flakes and everything in better, you know, with water. I don't know. I mean, this is what I've read and talked to other painters, but I've never used the water system. But I don't think anything's really changing for me as far as product. Um, you know, what I've used, I've worked out all the kinks on, on my system that I used, you know, over the years. And I really don't try and tweak it too much. I, I mean, every once in a while, they'll be like, you know, they'll pull like a nice, uh, a gold leaf size off the market that I like, you know, and right. kind of crap. You gotta find, you know, something to replace that. And, you know, you always do, but, um, you know, as far as, um, painting, I mean, there's a lot of great painters up there. There's new painters up and coming, you know, constantly. I think it's a, like any other industry, it just evolves and, and turns over and rotates. And, um, you know, so, but I guess because I, I feel like, if you don't reinvent yourself or come up with another good album, so to speak, you're going to kind of just get lost in the mosh and fall off the end. You know what I mean? Right. And this is a way with this product, you know, is a way to pivot from, you know, when I am old and sucky and can't paint anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you're one of them old to... fucking crazy guys that's, in, that's <laughs> inhaled too many fucking chemicals. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm almost there now. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, when I hang the clown shoes up, it'll be, it'll be nice to... Um, you know, just have something that uh, I can still kind of be active in the industry and be that old head, you know, stumbling around at the show like, oh, if I can buy some paint skins, you yeah, know, right on. And, and and maybe make a few bucks in the you, future. But You're like the next uh, Ron Finch, right? Oh, fuck yeah, man. If I can hang like Finchie, it'll be, uh, it'll be great. <laughs> that guy's crazy, isn't he? He is. Him and Beer, uh... I think Beaner's up there. They're building like a motorcycle frame for Beaner's new bike or something. Oh, dear God. The horse is funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, the, the guy, you know, um, back in the way, way early days, back when you and I were just like barely running around, um, Finch helped my dad build a, a girder for one of his choppers in the uh, early 70s. So my dad's got oh, some pretty yeah, neat stories. God, <clears throat> yeah, out at his, you know, shooting guns and, you know, just being wild, man, you know. 
Um, you know, uh, builders, um, and you are a bike builder too. I mean, a lot of people don't know that. And, you know, I think a lot of that came out of, uh, you know, the way that you think and the way you put things down on paper, you just, you had to, you saw something in your brain and you absolutely had to have it. But, um, builders tend to be, and it seems like there's a, a whole faction of builders right now that are really like, uh, competitive and without competing, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's just a lot of smack talk mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people, you know, Facebook is a pretty, pretty neat, nifty thing to hide behind. If you're a keyboard commando are, uh, are there, yeah. is, is, does that happen when in the paint world? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think, um, like, you know, I got friends in the industry, Scott Takis. He's super cool, awesome painter. He's up in Iowa, um, you know, and Pradke. And, uh, you know, as far as I know, you know, Mike Leonard, all those dudes that I've met over the, the years, you know, um, Chris Wood, all those like, top killer painters, those are the guys I look up to, you know, and they've always been super cool. But with the new breed, I think with just – I don't know, man. I guess I'm just old, but I I feel like some of the new bucks, you know, the kids in their early 20s, and, you know, there's this whole, like, hipster gangster thing, I'm, don't even look at me because I'll slit your throat kind of thing. Yeah, that <laughs> ego thing, I think just, you know, it it, it is kind of silly, and, um, you know, I think that there is, it's, it's competition, but it's more BS. I don't think they're really like, hey, check that out, you know, I'm putting some serious skills out there. Because I think, and there are shots. There's new kids out there that are painters and they're badass and they're awesome. But you know, I hear what you're saying. I mean, uh, but I try to stay out of that. I mean, I'm really like a kind of under the radar guy. I don't, you know, I'm just worried about getting the work done in my shop. And if someone's smack talking or out, you know, running their mouth or something, it's like I don't have time for it because you know I'm just doing my thing. But uh, so I wouldn't really know anything about <laughs> about that. <laughs> so. If someone picks up uh, someone picks up a gun and and, uh, and you know and they, they let's say they do their homework and they they make the investment. I mean, can you can you paint a bike in a garage or do you got to have a drown draft booth? Do you got to have you know a million dollars? I mean, you know, I mean, paint to me, paint makes or breaks no. a bike. I mean, absolutely. You can I my CFL. You painted my CFL. I still get compliments on that fucking bike today. I mean, it just happened a couple of days right. ago. Someone was bringing it up. I mean, and it was the paint. I mean, I had a I had a CFL frame which. To me, is the is the you know the absolute top of the line best looking chopper frame ever made. That's just my personal opinion. But that bike wouldn't mm-hmm. have been anything if uh, if I wouldn't have had a killer liquid illusion paint job on it. And I'm not just fucking giving. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, that's what people yeah, compliment are. on. You know. <laughs> um, but that bike, I mean, I've 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 never seen anything before like it. I've never seen anything since like it. I mean, where do you where do you get that from? I mean, does you just get all crazy and and put it put it down or what <laughs> yeah man i think like again it's and really looking at you know like the back of the paint skin thing i think when because my background before i got into this was uh you know in illustration and computer graphics a little bit and stuff like that in the in the i would say mid to late 90s i really got heavy into you know uh, creating vector and drawing uh, on the computer and then coupled with it. But when I first got into it, it was like cutting everything with masking tape and it kind of sucked because it limited you time wise. You couldn't really get sick with anything because the little bit of crap you're cutting out by hand just took so much time and it was crapping, you know, end of the day and making money or whatever. But, right. um, I think it's just, you know, constantly evolving, like I said, and, and taking those designs and revisiting some and changing them, you know, and then combining them and, and, you know, keep doing that over and over. That's what's given me kind of a, you know, I guess you could say broad palette or whatever of uh, ideas and designs. And, 
you know, like when it's really cool now, though, like if, if, you know, Eric from Voodoo or, you know, someone, Billy Lane, whoever just sends to the shop and says, do whatever, man, you know, and, and they'll give me like a color and just a basic thing. Like they'll say schoolhouse rock or something, you know, right. It's like, okay, I got you, you know, 70 style, blah, blah, blah. And, and that allows me to really push the envelope. And I think that's better than having, you know, someone go like, oh, really like tribal here and, you know, all that horse shit. No, that's a good point that you bring that up because, not to interrupt you, but um, I think from the first bike you ever painted for me, I think was probably the most challenging thing I've ever tried to describe. And and I don't know if you're – I know you remember the bike when I mentioned it to you. I don't know if you remember which one of the bikes you painted for me first. But you and I started working together in 06 on bikes, and I think Mm -hmm. between fall of 06 and – um, summer of 09, we probably, you probably painted no less than eight bikes for us, complete paint jobs. And, oh, yeah, you know, the, the paint jobs were everything from, you know, a thousand bucks up to, I know one of them was real close to, to 10 grand. And that's because of the, the level of, I mean, you had that bike for, you probably worked on that bike solid for at least a month and a half. I'm not, I mean, the work that oh, you yeah. had to put into it. I mean, you know, it's, and it's not easy and it's thought and so I would call you and I'm like, okay, dude, I got this guy and he wants root beer brown and he wants uh, an Indian squaw on the tank and he wants a picture of his kids with a dream catcher on the 300 rear fender. And I'm thinking there's no way this is going to look even remotely cool because he wants root beer brown and he wants an Indian squaw on the tank. And I can remember calling you and you're like, okay, yeah, I can, I can nail it. And <laughs> And I'm like, okay, cool, man. Shit, let's let's do this. And I call you one day, and I'm like, how's it going, man? And you're like, oh, everything's cool, bro. And you go, you go, I'm airbrushing. I'm trying to think how you said it, but basically, you told me, you go, yeah, man, I'm airbrushing this les and jugs on this tank. And I'm like, what? And you go, yeah, I found this lesy in, in jugs, and I'm airbrushing her on the tank, and I'm going to put some feathers in her hair, and she's going to be an Indian squaw. So yeah. <laughs> that bike comes back to us, and it was a unreal like i still use that bike today to sell paintwork because you got a photograph quality picture on the back of that on the back of that fender and uh <clears throat> that was that was the start of you and i working together was a root beer brown bike and it doesn't sound cool i it, anybody listen to this right now i'll post a picture of it up there because <laughs> it, there's no way you can make it sound cool but it was a bitchin bike you know, and I, we, yeah, yeah, it was, it, and you know, that's, that's like kind of the challenge sometimes, you know, is to take something that like, you're kind of well, like, you know, the, the middle guy going, oh, I don't know, but this is the deal. And it's like, my challenge is to kind of get inside that, your customer's head and go, okay, man, this is my bike. And I had to throw this down and this meant a lot to me. You know, it's, it's kind of taking that approach to it, I think. Um, and, and it is good to have that kind of, um, you know, that, that, that kind of input from the client, you know, even people that come into my shop, like, I mean, it, it, it's a bit much when they're holding your hand all the way through. It doesn't happen. Dude, I can't fucking stand that, man. It seemed like when everybody was getting a bike built that everybody wanted to be involved in it. Like they thought that was great biker build off. And they're like, I don't know, man. It was that shit hurt us and killed us at the same time, man. Yeah, I mean, it built us all up at some point in time. I mean, it gave us a lot of work, but I mean, helped us and killed us. Yeah, exactly. I knew you meant. Yeah, but it's it's like even when I build a bike nowadays, which is few and far between, but um, just because of the the way that things are, I think everybody's everybody's trading everybody's trading on Craigslist. You know, the guys that bought big dogs and 
in uh, Hellbound, Hellbound Steels at uh, Bike Week in 2001 and 2002, and then immediately proceeded to get the girl that they were hanging out with that weekend pregnant, traded those in for minivans, and now they're looking at jet skis and shit. But, you know, I mean, there's just a plethora of bikes out there that are available that are all yeah. store-bought, store-built. But I hate having somebody stand on my shoulder when I'm doing something. It's like, here, why don't you just do it? Here. I'll rent you my tools yeah, and like, stall. You just go ahead and knock it out. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like I said, it doesn't happen too much anymore. But um, you know, it's it's uh, you know back to I, I think your your question is how do you you take someone's crappy idea or whatever? And, um, <laughs> Pretty much, cool. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know where you're going with that. No, that yeah, was that's exactly uh, where I was going. You articulated it very well. I was trying to be really like kind of. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but and I'm not no, saying you're being a jerk at all. I'm just saying there's nothing like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. I was just saying, like you know, yeah, it's it's just it's good to have that their input, but then you know, being able to just twist it, however, into something the coolest thing it can be, you know. Well, yeah, the best days in my shop when we're building a bike were always the day that everything came back from liquid. You know, we did um, – you did a bike for us in '09 that um, – we had a, a biker that um, wanted a bike built, and he was really Christian. And I thought – he was explaining the paint oh, yeah. job to me, and the I'm sacrifice like – sacrifice deal? Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, that was awesome, dude. I'm like, I how like are we going to do stuff. this? You know what I mean? How are we going to do this? And I, I always felt like – I always tried to stay out of it as much as I could. I'm like, look – <clears throat> the only way I build your bike is if Darren paints it, first of all. And so keeping that in mind, here's how this is going to work. We're going to come up with a budget. We're going to call Darren. We're going to okay it through Darren. And then you're going to call Darren, and he's going to pick your brain. And people could never wrap their head around that. I'm like, look. And I always had to preface it with him. I'm like, look, this guy's a very good friend of mine. I know him very well. I always prepay all my paint. And it's going to sound like you're talking to either Shaggy from Scooby-Doo <laughs> Or says some some surfer dude in Point Point Break, and they're like, "Oh, okay, okay." <laughs> and they call up and they give you this crazy idea. We were um, you painted a bike for us one time, and this is this is I want to. There's somewhere I'm actually going with this that when when the when the parts came back painted, that was always like the best day because we could start like doing the final assembly for real. Like we could start yeah. to see how the bike was coming together. That's true on any build. That's just a good freaking day. You know what I mean? When everything's there, the chrome, the paint. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've done all the hard idea. work and, and, and there's still more hard work ahead of you, but you've got all these pieces and part, uh, parts that you can put together and actually, you know, you know, you're going to ride something that you're in that last, that final, that final push. But you did a bike for us one time and I'm, I, I'm. I have. To, I've never told you this, and so I'm telling you this here. You did a, a road king for us, and the guy that <clears throat> you did the road king for was the guy knew exactly what he wanted. It was one of these phone calls that I, you know, I knew that he was going to have to call you and tell you what's going on, and I just didn't know how to sell it at all to you as the painter. And um, we get all the parts back, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, this isn't. This isn't going to work. Like it didn't, it didn't fit in my head how this was going to fit on the bike. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, we just, <laughs> we just got this paint back from Darren. It, you know, the paint was of course spot on, perfect. Like all the, you know, there was no fish eyes. There's never anything wrong with any of your paint. But I'm like, I can't see this. And so we start. Evans just like, okay, look, let's just put it on a part by part. So we put the tank on. I'm like, okay. We put the bags on. We put the fender, rear fender on. We put the side covers on, and then. We put the fucking front fender on and the front fairing, and it all, like, come together. And it was a Road King that you had painted. The whole damn thing was an, an eagle under red paint. 
Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He wanted the whole thing to look like a bird, like, <laughs> all the way down it. Do you know how scared I was to sell that? To sell it to you, I thought there's no way I can let. The only thing I knew is if I send it to you, it wouldn't look like that Yahoo on Main Street down in Bike Week that does the airbrushing over top of everything next to the guy selling the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? trying to block that paint job out. I just remembered it. It's, it's, it's all coming back. It looked good, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, the weird thing. Like, I didn't want to do that paint job. You know what I mean? I did, like, th- those kind of paint jobs are, like, I get it. Okay, cool, that's that's what you want. We'll do it. We'll hook it up. But it's not something that I wanted to do. So, that's pro- in my eye, like, that paint job... Uh, to me, isn't as cool as, like, some of the stuff I've done, uh, you know what I mean, like yours and, like, uh, the stuff for Eric and, and different shops I can't think of right now, but, you know, you know who you are. Um, and, uh, you know, rather than, like, but it's tough, like, sometimes to take, like, an idea like that. I, I did, I forgot about that. You know, and you don't know how it's going to do, but then, I, you know, I hope the dude was cool with it. Oh, the um, dude. If you wanted it to look like like an eagle all the way down it kind of you know yeah and it looked great it just it was one of those things where i'm opening up out of the box i'm like i don't get it you know and it just goes to show that that that's why i don't paint and that's why i don't draw and i don't i don't have an artistic bone in my body you know what i'm saying how do you um how do you prevent yourself from getting um and I'm just going to I'm not going to name any names but during the boom I'm going to call it the boom from 04 to say 08 early 09 I'm going to say there was a steady flow of people still building bikes at that point you know sometimes more than others and sometimes less than others but how did you prevent yourself from getting getting stiffed get getting what I'm sorry getting stiffed yeah how did you prevent yourself from getting fucked over cuz I know you did you and I, I can, I could, uh, I could name people that fucked you over, but, and, and you could probably name people that have done the same to me, but how do you, how do you prevent that when 90% of your business, you, you probably don't get to meet half of the people face to face? Yeah, I think it's just more of, I've really tried to maintain, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, you know, but like a mission statement of stand behind your work and be a man of your word, you know what I mean? Regardless of what happens, even if someone talks shit, you know, like I said, it sounds so cliche, but still get your face out there, get your product out there, paint your bikes, you know, get and just stay in the mix, and the truth will, will, will you know, reveal itself, you know. So, like I said, it just sounds kind of goofy, but uh, that's really it, and not a lot being when it's about business. Hey, this is this is how much it's going to be. This is how much time I'm allowing for this, but trust me, you will have, you know, this thing will be fucking sick kind. You know what I mean? Right. When it's done. Because you've sent me pictures of the bike. I see the stance of it. We're working that into like a really good, weird booger snot frame with this or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think all those things happen at once. And, you know, keeping that just straight right out there on the table, people have respected that for the most part, you know? And like mm-hmm. that's, I just don't let myself get fucked. I never backed myself into something that like, you know, um, Oh, you know, not knowing what I'm doing as far as like getting in with the wrong crowd, so to speak, or anything like that. I think that the moves I've made have just been from my, you know, to try and keep my business going. It's just, you know, me and my family, you know, and I gotta, I gotta steer that where it goes, you know, and I try to stay away from, from things that would, uh, you know, fuck me or whatever. Um, 
And I think, you know, just anything, like you run businesses too, you know, you, you, you try to keep your barometer, you know, kind of clear on who you're running with and what's going on, you know, instead of just going through like, hey, dude, all the time, you know what I mean? Right. You got to have your shit together a little bit if you're running business these days because, you know, it's not the old days. But I think uh, also, you know, I mean, just trying to, just staying relevant and, and, and kind of innovate and keep creating and keep them putting work out there, you know. I mean, not just, just working and, and staying busy, you know, as as far as, I guess, you know, keep them getting fucked over. I mean, uh, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that question, man. I'm sorry, but... No, I, just, I mean, I think you, you hit know, on I mean, it. I got you know, fucked you... over a little bit, but I never made a big deal of it. I was like, all right, whatever. Well, I'm rolling over here, you know, whatever. There's the answer. That's the answer um, I'm looking for is, you you know, it happened. You moved on. You didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't, there's no sour grapes. You're not, you're not bitter about it now. It's, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I, I tell people... Lemonade, that, you know? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> how else are you going to get wisdom? You know what I mean? You don't know the burner yeah, really. Exactly. You don't know how bad the burner burns you if you don't stick your hand on it. You know yeah. it's going to hurt, I mean, right? I'm Someone tells you. Too. I, yeah, not to cut you off. I mean, I think the other side of that too is like when most cases when people in the industry have you know kind of stepped to me and and hey, can you do this or can you help out? Hell yeah, man! Let, let me. Uh, I'd love to help. I'd love to work with you guys. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that too. Um, kind of helping everybody out you know when they need it and whatever venue or whatever thing i'm doing you know what i mean and trying to just keep my finger on the pulse of that you know it's also uh you know kind of if you're, if you're helping out too but if you just you know like i think um well it's like the old saying about, that uh you're either part of the problem or part of the solution right yeah yeah exactly you know so but, uh, that's a good jump a good jumping off point for the next thing i wanted to talk about is you know you're you're involved in the in the industry you're still painting bikes i assume right i mean that's what we're we're kind of talking about and um mm-hmm. so what direction do you see the business going i mean you've been through you lived through the the ebbs and tides of of the the chopper craze and i mean there was times during that that point in time that you and i talked and you're like god you know damn it i need to get something in in the shop and then talk to you a week or two later and you're like god damn it i don't have time to put anything more in the shop but i can't turn it away and I, you know what i mean it's like that weird paradigm that you you operate in where you know you can't shit or go straight i mean you know, one minute yeah. feast or famine so you're a good judge of things i trust your your judgment what direction do you think the business is going right now you mean my business or no i'm talking about our industry i consider i mean like you the industry yeah oh. you play a role in the industry where do you see it going right now where is it headed well, I mean, again, I don't think I play, like, a huge role or anything. You know what I mean, dude? I mean, I, I don't look at myself that way. But I do look at the industry as a whole and try and, you know, kind of cut, cut my jib. You know what I'm saying? And, sure. Okay, I think this is where and, – and what I see is, um, a, along with that, you know, we talked about earlier about, like, some of the, the, the young kids or whatever, if there's, you know, shit-talking or whatever, that, you know, it's – it might be a little overpopulated because of the whole boom. You know what I mean? And, and right. obviously, like, we love motorcycles. We ride like we get it. So, And other people are going to get it, too. And there's just more people on the planet now, so there's more people getting it, you know? But I think that along with that comes these guys that are in their shops doing, you know, uh, everything themselves. They're learning how to wrench, you know. They... They probably work, you know, they bar back at a bar or something and have some other crappy job in the day, but then, you know, they're, they're chopping their little FXR or whatever in their shop, you know, and um, doing little things. And I think they're learning how to weld and, 
So it's more of a DIY thing, I think, going on. You know, I mean, I really think that nobody's paying someone fifty grand to build a bike anymore. You know? Amen. I mean, there's places, there's guys out there that will, but it's not like it was ten years ago. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that uh, so that's where I see the industry going. And if you're, you know, alive in the industry still, and you know, doing good, chances are you're innovating, you're bringing newer, cleaner versions of products to get to market. You know. Um, you know, cause I think it's about the details now. When I look at products that are on the market, that are in the industry, like everybody's got a CNC machine in their, you know, in a CNC app in their phone or whatever, you know right. what I mean? It's, uh, everybody's banging out parts and, and it's the details are what, where it's at now. Like big deal, you got mid controls, you know, everybody's got mid controls, how are years built? So, um, I think that the, the, uh, it's thinning out, but at the same time, I think a lot of guys are building really cool shit in their own shops and garages. Is what I'm saying. So, do you think that you know, the that, uh, and that's what I'm saying, saying much? I, I wasn't at Cincy. I don't know what it was like up there, but I wasn't in Cincinnati. I, I couldn't make it this year. I had too many things going on. I, I would have made it again. I think that industry trade shows are important. I mean. Uh, totally. that, that's where I, you know, I met you, um, in Daytona bike week, which I was there for work and you were there for work. You were promoting, you were promoting your business and that's how we met and we did business together. Um, you know, I met, uh, a, a lot of other builders that I know I, I met, I met fabricator Kevin. I mean, he was from Detroit, but I met him in Detroit or in, uh, Daytona. You know solid what I mean? Dude. That guy is solid gold. We had him, he was on, uh, yeah, one of the first episodes of the podcast and, um, you know, I love that guy to death and, and would do almost, you know, almost anything for him just because I, I know he would return the favor, you know. And um, those are the kind of people that <clears throat> I, you know, you said that you don't play a huge role in, in the business and, and none of us do. That's what I think is really good right now. And that's where I was kind of going is that there is no one person, you know, 10 years ago, you were either a Billy fan or you were a Jesse fan or you were a Sims fan or you were yeah, a Perowitz, you know what I mean? There's like all these little, yeah, yeah. these splintered little groups of people, and a lot of innovation came out of that. There was a lot of new technology that was done, oh, yeah. but then there was a lot of things that were done, I think, done incorrectly. I mean, there's a lot of companies that, uh, oh, well, I get know, a list. yeah, that, that came out with shit products that broke and were made overseas, and there were copies of copies of other people's good parts, and I mean, all of that weird stuff. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty big, pretty big thing to say that there's not any one particular person that's driving this industry. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the hangers ons and and I I talk about it all the time that you know I if I wanted to buy another T shirt that said fuck on it because uh, someone was building you know what I mean there's a lot of T shirt salesmen at at Daytona Bike Week that were selling a T shirt that had the F word on it and they were builders you know what I mean I mean it's just mm-hmm, everybody kind of fell into that for a little while. So yeah. what role, I mean, where do, where do you fit into the things? Where do you, you know, I mean, what, where, what kind of, what kind of role do you play in the industry right now? If the industry's smaller, we know that there's been some attrition. There's not any one specific builder. I mean, where are you spending most of your time and where are you spending most of your focus? I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, shit, I haven't really been on the road much in the last couple of years, to be honest, a couple of shows here and there. Um, but I think for me, it's been over the all the the years before, like the last three, like the ten years before that, me going on the road and going out and meeting people, meeting shops, and all of that, and starting those relationships and fostering over the years. 
those shops are keeping me busy now, you know, with work coming in from all over the, the, the country and then taking care of the local work and other guys and, you know, Nebraska and Arkansas or wherever, you know, um, you know, uh, Illinois up in a lot of people in, uh, you know, Michigan and, um, you know, in, in Florida and shit, just, I think that's where kind of like, I, I guess my role is, is just staying in the shop and working, so <laughs> you know, I mean, you're getting that's, it done. That's all I do. What's up? I said, you're just getting it done. You know, I mean, you're, if you're, the, yeah, you know, and, and, and the other little, like I said, trying to, you know, I think there's, there's always this like saying, if, if you build a successful business, you know, uh, and you're going to do the next business, like really do the groundwork so that you do it right. You don't want your second album to suck. You know what I mean? No, right. And so, that, like, for me, I think my role is, like, kind of teach a man to fish, you know? I mean, that's what I want to do is give back to an industry that's been good to me um, and, and leave something for some, you know, maybe there will be some kid come along and be like, wow, look at that. There's 50 designs, and all i got to do is mix and match, and, like, man, that's, I know, you know, if something on the, was hanging on the wall like that when I knocked on the door, I would have freaking bought the hell out of it, you know? And so I just think maybe that's where my thing is because I want to pivot from this. I'm not going to paint bike forever. I'm not going to die of, you know, fume intoxication or anything. And, uh, you know, because I want to, you know, we got a new baby boy. I want to be water skiing on the lake in 10, 15 years, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I don't know if I have a place per se in the industry. I mean... I'm happy just building stuff and, and tripping out in my shop and making what I make, you know. Um, but like I said, I, I've never been a rah-rah guy, you know. Uh, hey, look at me. It's just been about, like, the work, I think, and the relationships in the industry, you know, cool people I've met. So, so are you – do you um, do you pay – do you have your ear on the rail? I mean, are you, are you looking at what other things – what other people are doing? Or, I mean, are you still kind of just – you're a one-man shop, right? You're, you're rolling solo right now. Yeah. So are you just – in your workshop with clutch cranked up real loud and, and just being creative or are you looking at, do you read the magazines? Do you look at the, the internet? I mean, are you, or do you yeah, just, everything yeah. gets driven from, from necessity? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have my finger on the pulse of things. I, I would say, I mean, definitely, um, you know, I, I kind of, I read magazines and, you know, stay in touch with people in the industry. So I kind of know what's going on, but again, I try not to let it affect my, economy in my world you know what i mean just live stay within my on my bounds of what i can control you know what i mean and um you know just but i think you know it's like playing chess i mean in life i i I try to look 12 moves ahead you know what i mean or seven or um just to know what's going so definitely i mean i think if if you're trying to be relevant in an industry you, you should definitely you know, kind of know what's going on, even though you might be just laying back in the cut, you know. So are there are there paint jobs that are in your head or on, on you know, on paper that you haven't had an opportunity to, to paint yet and you're waiting for the right the right set of tins to roll in? And, and oh, sure. Do you? Okay, yeah. you do. You kind of stockpile those ideas. I always wondered that. I mean, <clears throat> I've always found you to be very, um, uh, what, I don't know, reactionary is not the right word and and you're definitely i mean you're you know you're you're a little i think you're a little add but i love that about you you know i mean you you definitely can can roll with the punches <laughs> okay but i mean so you've got a few things in in the in the tank you know you've got more that, coffee <laughs> more coffee do, do, do you have i mean so you've got a few things in the in the tank and you don't just wait for a set of tens to roll in the door oh yeah no dude there is always something to 
I've got 17 million things of my own, like like making robots out of old tools and cutting them and bending them into like skull crazy Terminator looking things. And you know, I like to do uh, radiator paintings. Um, uh, I got to give it up to um, uh, Tidwell though, man. He 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 invented that putting the bondo on the radiator. Um, but that's such a cool canvas. Um, been doing a few of those and. Um, so, you know, there's always something to do in the shop. I'm never bored. But sometimes, I mean, it, some, someone will come in and they don't even know, like, they'll have this crazy bike that they built and the perfect paint job in my head. Right. And it's just like the perfect storm. You know what I mean? And it gets done in three days and everything. And the dude's like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, right? And, you know, and then it goes on the website and it's cool. And I made a, make a video about it or something stupid like that. But, yeah, sometimes it's, it's really cool how the creativity strikes you know i'm sometimes overwhelms me right well tell me about a time that you got absolutely writers you know your version of writer's block with a bike um i don't know again it might come back to someone will bring like a really lame idea or crappy idea and they, they really want it and I don't want to paint it till it looks like a piece of plop art or just crappy. So right. sometimes that can really be a struggle to, um, you know, kind of untwist uh, their dumb idea and make it cool. But, you know, the, the writer's block, I mean, not too much because I have mountains of sketchbooks. I mean, I've cleared forests, I know. Um, and uh, <laughs> of just endless ideas and sketching. And when I get, you know, someone that comes in the show, oh, looking for this with skulls, you know, or whatever. It immediately starts with sketching. I'll go home and watch a hockey game and just sit and trip out and, and, and rough in ideas, you know, and little storyboards and stuff. And then once you get that down, then you take that to the shop, throw it on the counter, you're doing the body work and the stuff, and then you, you kind of look at stuff differently and change it. And then it just, you know, it kind of uh, just rolls along. But um, I can't think of anything, oh, man, that, you know, I had, like, writer's block on. Um you know, but that really stood out. So by the time you paint a bike, I mean you spend enough, enough time with the parts. I mean you do all your own, you do your own, all your own body work, you do all your own prep work, mm-hmm. you do all your own base coat and all that stuff, all your own airbrushing and stencils and that. So you have pretty much you've kind of developed a little bit of a relationship with these parts. By the time that they leave, you know they're obviously they're they're inorganic and they're inanimate. But I mean you you kind of have some buy-in, some ownership of this project. So. That's a pretty important. That's a pretty important thing, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think it's cool. You mean as far as like the time with the bot doing all the different stages all the way through? Well, yeah, I'm talking about like you know, I build a bike. It takes me X number of weeks or months or whatever to get all my you know poop in a group, and I you know by this time you and I have had a couple of phone calls, and I've got things set. I, I ship them out to you. You know, everything else goes to wherever it's got to go, chroming or powder coat or whatever it is we're going to do, anodizing. And then it comes back, and then I'm stoked. I open up the parts, and I start putting the bike together. And then and then at some point in time, you get that photograph of the bike, you know, done. I mean, you oh. have some closure. I mean, you've, you've, had a, you've had a role in that. Yeah, no, that's totally cool. I mean, um, it is cool. I, I really dig, like, seeing before pictures of um, – you know, motorcycles as they're being built on the bench. Like I have some of my own books at the shop, you know, that I show customers because I think it's cool to show those stages and because every single process, part of the process, you know, I mean, this, this again is cliche, right. but it's really true. You put that soul into each part you make and you, as you put it together, you know, and you see it develop and 
I think when you, and then you see it blown apart and goes all over the country or goes here and has things done to it and it comes back, and then when you see it like in a magazine or you see a picture of it, someone sent a builder sends it to you, it's cool to see you know, it all done and see how, like, the anodized fork dampener matches the gold leaf in the tank, you know, and, like, all that shit comes together, and it's like, fuck, that's pretty special, man, you know, that, um, you know, five dudes or whatever uh, put that together and, and did each part. So, I mean, I think there's definitely a, a sense of, of pride and reward, you know, when you see a, a finished piece, you know. Um, you got started – I'm I'm trying to remember. I I went back and one of the things I wanted to make sure I didn't do is I you know this I might sound like a babbling fucking moron on this on this podcast sometimes and and it's and if I do it's because I don't want some contrived bullshit thing and I and I've actually been criticized um, for for being um, too off the cuff, not planned, not you know I'm not trying to be Howard Stern or you know or something like that. I'm trying to be relaxed and casual it's a garage podcast um <clears throat> uh i didn't do i i'm trying to go back through all the memory banks and and you and then re- remember i think you told me you were buying paint for some hockey helmets you were doing one time and a guy came in with a bike and that was your first bike paint job does that is, am i way off or do i have you confused with somebody else yeah you're way off that's someone else dude really <laughs> No, yeah, I it was weird. Um, there was there was uh, my sister's a, a cop, and her partner uh, had come over the house for lunch and saw some artwork I did that was hanging in her house, and uh, he was like, "Wow, that's really insane!" And does does he paint bikes? And she's like, "You can paint a picture of your bike." And he's like, "No, I want to paint the bike." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And so she um, she had uh, called me and asked me, but it was so funny because I, I was just met this super hot chick and um and i was really into her i was like oh, fuck, i don't care about artwork or airbrushing or painting anything you know <laughs> and this is like the end of like back in 98 I'm like, oh, fuck, I, don't, I airbrushed a little bit in high school you know and, and that was the extent of it and so she kept bugging me anyways long story short uh that dude ended up bringing his bike in and we met and stuff at my dad's body shop at the time and uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I got to get an airbrush. And he's like, I'm buying an airbrush. And I was like, okay, cool. So he buys his airbrush and brings the tank in, and I painted it and uh, with an eagle on the side of it. And he ended up going and showing his friends and stuff. And then those dudes came back. And then from there, I was like, oh, I guess I should get a name, you know. And then it just kind of spun off from there. And I went around to local motorcycle shops. And I mean, I didn't really know what the like I was doing, you know, I was like, okay, I guess people will pay money for this. That's cool. You know, I can quit my job at Kmart. <laughs> Is that where you worked with Kmart? No. Oh, no, okay. Right. I worked at a worse job. I worked at Barnes Hospital. <laughs> oh, Christ. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so didn't, uh, you're a huge hockey fan. Didn't you paint? You've done some hockey helmets though, right? I'm not, I'm not way off. Oh yeah, tons. Yeah, yeah. After that, it it started, you know, guitars and and yeah, hockey helmets, uh, yeah, goalie mask, rather, you know, um, yeah, that that all of everything just really started pouring in. But yeah, I painted a ton of those. What's your favorite thing to paint? Little chopper tanks that are going to go on badass bikes, like badass shovel bikes, you know, or hands. That's, That's really cool. kind of the fun stuff because it's just a, a cool little tank, and usually someone wants a crazy '70s style uh, metal flake deal. You know, that's kind of like my favorite genre or whatever. Um, 
I mean, I can airbrush and do portrait work and stuff like that, but that's, to me, that's like a job. I'm, I don't really get off on doing that. I like more of the, just kind of the line tape and metal flake and candies and shit like that. Really? I, I'm very surprised it's, to hear that. I learned something new about you. Chicano in me. <laughs> it's the what? The Chicano? It's the Chicano in me. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> the Vatos. Um, King Kong, shout out. I, I I've been I've been hankering and it's it's turning into an obsession. I'm trying to find a, a '66 Biscayne that I want to do like a little a post car, you know. I want to do it just a Ooh, solid right. color, you know, small block with a four four speed on the floor with a bench seat. And I'm kind of I'm 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 driving myself nuts over that. But it, when you said the the Chicano in you, that made me think of that. That that's you know I love those cars with like a thirteen seven reverse on it and that heavy metal flake paint where they paint the underside of the car and they've got the the etching and the engraving in that and I think that's one of the things that's lost in this in uh, the scenester world is what I you know is what it's referred to it's the the guys that are riding bikes right now <clears throat> and you know what I'm not trying to take anything away from anybody who's riding God love you if you're riding um, but right if, but if they're trying to emulate what they think the seventies biker scene was. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't all just, you know, long beards and, and dirty hair and, uh, you know, a denim jacket with, with some, with some patches sewn on. I mean, there were some, some guys out there that really, really went to great pains to use the paint technology that they had that the day. And they didn't have, you know, they didn't have, like you were saying, I don't remember what you called it exactly, but you've got a machine that cuts out stencils and, and that and you yeah, know, the plotter, the yeah. plotter. I mean, they didn't have that. So you, you know, if you, for me, when I see a bike that was actually built and painted in the seventies and it's it's kick ass, that's some, that means you know I, I I take that in and I and I appreciate that you know. Yeah, I think I mean um, you know as far as like when you you, you know the line uh, you know the line tapes and the way they did it in the seventies, a lot of that I mean I really do kind of stick to as far as pinstriping and using line tape and just, you know, taping stuff off. Um, but then I will use, you know, the vinyl patterns. Yeah, I will cut. So it's kind of blending, you know, old technology and new, you know what I mean? And, right. And using both of them. That's why I always like, I mean, people are like, oh, the computer, using the computer. Like, what, what do you mean? What's, what's so bad about that, man? Like, I've always been from the mindset, if it can make a mark or it can, like, do something, then it's fair game to create with. That's just the way I look at it. It's simple as that. I don't, I don't get hung up in that. You know, that might not work with this, or, oh, God, I can't do that. We'll learn how to do that, and then apply it with this, you know. And, you know, I think that's one of the, the, the things that, like I said, you know, that's something that's kept in the game. You know, keep an open mind, I think, and, um, you know, just, just, just create that way. Walk us through, um, it, let's say, you know, someone's listening right now, and, and hopefully they're going to go to uh, – your website, you know, paint your own damn bike. People are listening right now. Well, they're not listening right this second, but oh, they're, no, no, they're, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not, we're not live, dude. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of things going on, and I would love to be live, but I'm not that fucking with it. You know what I mean? I'm still no, that's, that's crazy, a complete no, idiot. Like, you know what I mean? You just made me laugh. I'm like, no, no, there will be a shitload of people that hear this though. Walk, walk, walk a listener through. You just say, hey, look, paint your own damn bike. Here's what you do, and you've got a tank, and let's start with that and just kind of give them some, some brief things that, that, that they're going to need to know. Like as far as, I mean, if you, uh, you know, okay, either you built the bike yourself or your neighbor's building the bike, you know, and you guys hang out in the cul-de-sac or whatever, and 
talk about how you're going to paint it, go to paintyourowndamnbike.com and score you some skins. And then, uh, you know, if you, like I said, if you guys can shoot a single color, chances are you can get a, you know, a $5 roll of blue line tape at the local hardware store, tape out some panels, and then you can just lay these things in and get the rattle cans you want to use the colors right from Home Depot for two, three bucks. And you can throw down the whole paint job yourself, you know what I mean, for like probably 300 bucks, do the whole thing, you know, on a chopper tank and fenders. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. It's cut and dry like that. And you can, um, you know, take all these patterns. Right now we've got about, I think, 22 up on the website. Right. Uh, Jordan's posting some more now as we speak. I gave him some stuff two days ago. But, uh, you know, you'll be able to mix and match all these different styles. Um, and, uh, you know, create whatever you want, you know, and I mean, I do like, uh, custom patterns. If someone emailed me and said, Hey, can, you know, you do like a wallpaper like this for me or something, you know, I do that, but that's really, it's just a kind of a simple, um, vinyl stencil mask. You know what I mean? One use and you, you lay it down and lay out the paint job. But that would be, is that what you mean as far as how to use the product? Well, I mean, you know, I've been told before. I mean, I got a question for you. I've heard that you're not supposed to have any silicone even open in the building that you're going to paint in. Can a can a woman who has breast implants can she paint a bike? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think she'd be all right. <laughs> now, see, that's yeah. You were asking that question earlier. That's right. Like, you know, can I paint a, a bike or something in my garage? Because I know a lot of. You know, like my neighbor kid, he's doing this little CRX in his garage across the street from me where I live. Right. And um, he's like, hey, man, can you come over and paint my car for me, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay, right on. You know, so we'll put some box fans, raise the door. But, you know, what you want to do is you want to clean the area. Don't do it if there's, like, kitty litter and dust. You know, clean the space <laughs> up, you know, clean, move, move the bikes or whatever. And, uh, you know, hang some plastic and kind of make a pseudo paint booth just, you know, for, like, Probably $30 at Home Depot, you can get what you need to, to lace up your garage to where you wouldn't have clear all over everything at the end of the day, and you'd still have a slick paint job the next morning, you know. <clears throat> how long does it, if you're using a urethane, how long, do you, do you bake that paint job, or does that does it cure in the air? I mean, do you have to have, is there anything a, special you have to have? Yeah, because um, because of uh, our, the wondrous wonders of, you know, all the motorcycle shows and crap like that people think paint jobs can get done in 24 or 36 hours so we we have to bake them a lot in the winter time but in the summertime man shit cures it locks like right down real quick and um so we don't have to bake them as much in the summertime you don't want to do that because you have solvent pop and everything and you had all kinds of nightmares in your clear but uh in the winter time yeah because the, the chemicals you know go dormant at like 64 degrees so you got to keep that temp up Oh wow! So if you were you were in the garage, you know, in like Pittsburgh in October, you're gonna want to, you know, get you a, a propane heater and get that temp up in the garage, you know, okay. then you'd be fine. Um, you know, I was just thinking about something that I haven't talked to you. About. I don't even think I've ever talked to you about this. I was watching uh, a great biker build off between Indian Larry and Billy Lane when Billy yes. built a whole lot of Rosie bike, and I'm watching. I'm like, holy shit! I, that looks like that's D's shop. That that's Darren. How did that? How did they end up at your shop in the middle of that? At the time, um, the, a mutual friend uh, that uh, Billy and I had had 
Billy called uh, him, and then the executive producer got together. And what had happened was that the uh, Drury Inn downtown um, wanted like two grand or something to watch the trailers, you know, in the in you know outside in the street at night. They didn't want to leave their shit unattended. Right. So we're like, no, no way. So anyways. A mutual friend was like, hey, I got a friend, he owns Liquid Illusions, and he's got like a, a big fenced-in gate and everything like that. So um, Larry and her, uh, I think of the chick's name, anyways, the, the girl from the uh, show, came down, she walked in, she's like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Looks around, and then uh, about 10 minutes later, we got a call back from the saying, yeah, that'll be cool, can we bring the, the trailers down? And then uh, Indy and Larry stuff showed up and then Billy's stuff showed up about an hour later and it was just like a crazy party ensued and it was so surreal dude that was weird man like seeing your hero like strut into your shop and throw his shit down and just start tearing it apart it was like what the fuck is going on here right I mean but it was was cool all that stuff that went down with having to start that bike and with the roller bars and all that stuff that was all that was all real wasn't it Oh, yeah, 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 man. That was all real. I was blown away by that. I, I'd never seen anything like that. It was like, he gets sick and tired of kicking this bike, and so they pull in these rollers, and Larry throws his bike on, and I was like, that's insane, dude. Oh, my God. These guys are, like, so another level and beyond. <laughs> it was just a trip, man. Like I said, that was pretty surreal back then. And they went on to Sturgis after that, but, right? Yeah, they did, and 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 uh, you know the rest of the, the tale. You know, they cut up the trophy and everything. It was hilarious. But um, yeah, it was a drag that we lost Larry. But uh, Billy and I um, remained friends over the years after after that and everything. He actually, I just got a letter from him the other day that he's like, man, I can't believe it's coming up on three years. And I said, I know, man, it's crazy. So we'll get together with him in a couple of years. So yeah, I think that uh, I I you know he's only about forty minutes from my house and. Uh... I get let I, mm-hmm. you know, we've communicated several times over the last couple of years, cool. but, um, you know, I I can't wait for that to be all behind him and get he, him get where he oh, wants sure. to be in that. You know what I mean? I would love to. I can't wait till that that's all said and done and over with. So, no, no, I'm hit, man, a hundred percent. So, um, anything else that you got in the in the tank coming down that uh, that you can you can share with us, business wise uh, no, or man, other. That- that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I'm dabbling in like, you know, some doing some documentary filming and stuff like that, but that's pretty boring right now. I mean, I'm just, you know, What's learning it? operating systems and cameras. Um, you ever hear of red cameras? Those are badass. Dude. No, I have not. What's the uh, what's um, what's the documentary going to be on? Uh, well, this one I did. This it was just crazy. It has nothing to do with motorcycles, but that's what was so funny about it. I got asked to do this documentary style thing of this, basically long story short, this woman um, had some friends move in and there was, her boyfriend moved in. They started selling drugs. Anyways, pushed this chick out of her house and trashed the house. And then the one chick OD'd in the house. And so it was a whole thing. And then like a few years passed and this girl wanted to go back and kind of clean up this house and try and live in it. So she met this dude and that's the guy that got in touch with me to shoot this. So we go in and we, we interview her in this house in the middle of all this mess about what happened and how it got here and then filmed them cleaning it out and everything and uh, edited it all together. It looked really good and they were going to push it like uh, on some networks and stuff like that, but it just fizzled out the dude that um, was behind it couldn't, uh, didn't have the funding to go any further. So it just kind of got squashed. And Is it online anywhere? In, uh, 
Um, yeah, it is. It's at, uh, I think, redo.com is where the, there's four of them. There's four vignettes. And uh, it's pretty interesting. But uh, And the funny thing, though, yeah, so I'm going around out at doing B-reel and getting B-reel shots, you know, and on the, the first day, uh, like the pre-production thing. And we're gonna meet the chick. And I hear this. I see this bike start coming down the streets. An old Harley shovelhead. And and I'm just sitting here. And I'm like, you know, high hat shot. And here she comes. And I see her smile. I'm like, oh my god, this is Shannon. This is the chick that. And so she's got this old beat up Harley, man, black chick, mid 40s. And this, she's riding a Harley Davidson everyday rider, like winter. I was like, holy crap, man. You gotta be kidding me. That's cool, man. So that that's was kind of cool. That was kind of funny how, yeah, kind of motorcycles peered into that side of everything. But that's really it, man. Not too much. Just tripping out, like I said, with family and, and congratulations. Keeping, keeping liquid going and, uh, you know, get these paint skins out there. That's pretty much that's that's what's happening. And there's a congratulations in order to you're, you're a, a dad again. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, man. So. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't normally, I don't want to pull any, you know, personal stuff into it, but I just wanted to give you a congratulations there. I mean, no, uh, thank you, stuff, man. man. No big deal. I appreciate that. So, uh, well, cool, man. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Believe it or not, it's been an hour. I know that you're going, holy shit, really? At the beginning, you were like, dude, wow, we're going to talk for an hour. Yeah. like 20 minutes. No, uh, dude, that's what I told you, bro. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's very cool. Um, but um, I, go to uh, www.paintyourowndambike.com. Or go to uh, liquidillusionsart.com and check out some of uh, some of Darren's past work. Man, d- you know, I, I think you're one of uh, – you're definitely one of the top five best in the industry. I would definitely put you up wow. there with, against Thank anybody. You. you know that already, though. Thank I can you kiss much. your ass. I can kiss your ass here, and then everybody's going to give me a hard time for kissing your ass. But you're you're definitely one of my good, good friends and uh, somebody, I can, that, somebody that I can count on one hand. So I uh, appreciate it. I wish you well. I will talk to you very, very soon. Make sure that you uh, you go check us out. Um, you can find us on iTunes at Hell on Wheels Garage Built Podcast. And uh, Darren Williams, thank you very much, buddy. Liquid Illusions, hey. I, I wish you a very, very solid 2013. Yeah, hey, man, listen, thank you. I want to thank you for the opportunity, too, and, and thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, let me talk about paint skins and, you know, a bunch of other stuff, man. It was really good uh, being on here. And, uh, again, I really appreciate you having me and. You know, like I said, for for having my back, uh, you know, the time we've known each other, you've been really good to the shop too, man. I want to thank you. So, really appreciate it. Well, cool, man. I love you to death, and uh, I hope to see you very, very soon. And uh, and hopefully, the traffic on your website goes up big time from this, and you'll sell some paint skins, man. Take care. Make me buy bandwidth, people. Let's go. Right on, brother. Bye, right, man. We'll Take care. Again later. Bye. to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Thank you for listening. Remember to rate us on iTunes. 